Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, patriots of all ages, welcome again to In Black and Right. We are the new definition of color commentary. I am, as always, Jerry Brooks, the baby-faced assassin of For All Things Conservative, fighting for freedom, for free speech, for freedom of thought, and every other freedom our beautiful Constitution allows for us. And I'll kind of get into more of that. Uh, here in just a moment or two, but before we get into today's fun, just letting y'all know that if you'd like to send us comments, questions, or anything at all, you can send us an email at inblackandright at gmail.com, or you can go to our wonderful website, which is inblackandright.net. We've got some pretty cool things going on. We're in the home stretch of our fundraiser for the Lone Star Tour coming up the first week of August as we will be broadcasting from CPAC, Texas in Dallas. Looking forward to having some fun there and all sorts of other things on the website, some new things that we've added, some great stories, but let's get into the fun for today. Uh, yesterday, uh, it was more in black and rant more than in black and right. And I was definitely, it was Second Amendment Wednesday, shall we say. And along that same line, we're like, taking a look today. Now, in the U.S. Senate, uh, we've now got the bipartisan gun safety bill which in actuality is the Republican screw you Second Amendment voters uh, bill because your rights mean nothing to us. And apparently they, John Cornyn is still stubbornly thinking that this is great public policy, which it is not. But in, um, well, apparently Senator Ted Cruz and Senator John Barrasso of Wyoming are trying to come up with just a standalone bill that specifically focuses on school safety, uh, hardening targets, having only one entrance in or out, things of that nature, things that have actually worked here where I live in North Florida. The county schools have a working relationship with Law, the county sheriff's office, local law enforcement, they have people who are trained, uh, not just teachers, but uh, employ other employees, uh, secretaries, janitors, school counselors, and even the superintendent himself who are thoroughly trained and how to use a gun. And hey, you know, it works. It works here. But apparently some people still want to live in their anti-Second Amendment uh, fantasy world. And no, it's not going to happen. And for the, Demo uh, for the Republicans, well, they were acting like Democrats, but for the 14 Republicans 
who decided to act like Democrats and tell a good chunk of this country, tens of millions of law-abiding gun owners, uh, screw you and the horse you rode in on, yeah, okay, you haven't exactly made friends, and you're going to have real problems when you're up for re-election within the next two to four years. So just kind of keep that in mind. But today, uh, to break the filibuster, the last hurdle before the Senate goes to a full vote on the bill, which and they did get 62 votes to break the filibuster, so now here we go. Now, yes, it is expected to pass, and yes, apparently the House is expected to pass it too, because if all the Democrats stay together on this, unfortunately, the Republicans don't have the votes and Biden will foolishly sign it. And boy, you're going to have some serious problems with every single solitary Second Amendment group in the country, not just the NRA, because there are state organizations, there are national organizations who are going to be just as PO'd at you Republicans because you decided to throw tens of millions of gun owners under the bus and right into a meat grinder. Sorry, but not sorry. And you poor things who are just going to get all kinds of messed up from this. Well, I have no, I really have no sympathy or compassion for you at all because you brought it on yourself. So clean up your own dang mess. Uh, let's see. And along the same line, again, one of the big stories of the day, the Supreme Court struck down New York's law restricting concealed carry permits. That is a huge, huge decision by the Supreme Court on, the second, on a Second Amendment issue in years. Now, of course, the timing couldn't be more interesting uh, on this, but apparently, yes, the Supreme Court and this is a story from Just the News, came out this earlier today. The Supreme Court on Thursday struck down a New York gun law that puts restrictions on carrying a concealed gun outside the home. Justice Clarence Thomas wrote the majority opinion. Yay, Clarence Thomas. Happy birthday, sir. And I'll talk about you here in a while, in a little bit. But yes, a 6-3 to three ruling. Kagan, Sotomayor, and Breyer, of course, uh, dissented the three liberals on the court. Well, which should make interesting what's coming down the pipe as far as the Dobbs case, uh, hopefully overturning Roe v. Wade and sending it back to the states. Now, of course, the psycho uh, dead baby loving crowd, uh, Jane's Revenge, Ruth sent us, and other various and sundry wackadoodle psychopaths, are vowing a, a day of just rage. And yes, there are cities across the country whose police departments are on heightened alert. The National Guard, in many cases, in a lot of places in the country, are on the same path. Yes, so apparently the psycho women who love dead babies, who scream about my body, my choice, when it comes to killing a baby, but God forbid if you ever said my body, my choice when it came to masks and vaccines and anything else, 
Oh, they would just rip you a new one. Oh, you're just killing people. You're hurting innocent people. You're going to get them killed. These people are not mentally or emotionally balanced. They're not. They're, they are just plain not. They're not happy about themselves. They don't like life at all. And so I don't know what their problem is, but they need a hell of a lot of Prozac because that's just crazy. But yes, the high court uh, today struck down this law and apparently other states, because there are other states that have similar laws, now they're going to have to possibly uh, deal with the high court because now the court has set precedent uh, on this. So yes, if you're in one of those nutty places where you have where you're where it's difficult to get concealed carry because well they think they know better who knows you might you just got a ray of hope today and yay happy on that one so let's see and speaking of which and I mentioned this yesterday when the the story came out I did as a, as a breaking news alert uh, on the in black and right Facebook page but the Uvalde School District Police Chief, Pete Arredondo, yesterday was placed on administrative leave uh, in, in the middle of an investigation into the law enforcement response to the massacre at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. Now, the school superintendent, a guy named Hal Harrell, wrote in a press release obtained by the Associated Press, and quote, from the beginning of this horrible event, I shared that the district would wait until the investigation was complete before making personnel decisions, unquote. So now, uh, Mr. Arredondo, who apparently has lawyered up, because I have a feeling he's going to need the best legal advice he can get because during the Texas Senate, I do believe it was a, a day or so ago. The public, the sorry, let me try that again. The Texas Department of Public Safety Director, a gentleman named Steve McCraw, testified before the Texas Senate that officers could have stopped the gunman three minutes into the massacre, which ended up lasting for more than an hour. And oh man. McCraw, the DP, Texas DPS director, he went even further. He absolutely eviscerated Arredondo by saying, and I quote, to place the lives of officers before the lives of children by telling law enforcement not to neutralize the shooter, the Associated Press reported that from uh, Director McCraw. And I thought, oh man. I mean, I was upset over this. I was very upset because the Texas DPS is the lead investigator and the lead investigative agency, I should say, uh, for Uvalde. And what we've been learning from photographs and video, the timeline, which had been the subject of an awful lot of debate, who did what, when, who didn't do things, 
uh, what was going on outside of the school, why were the officers told to stand down, blah, blah, blah. And apparently the, text, the testimony of Director McCraw to the Texas State Senate, oh man, this is, Mr. Arredondo or Chief Arredondo is going to have some problems. I mean, well, scratch that. He already has problems. Now, I can understand that the mayor of Uvalde, it was trying to uh, defend his officer, and I get that to a point, but the mayor might just simply need to take a, shall we say, a distance in this, because if anything that has been found so far proves out to be true, and as the investigation continues, Arredondo is pretty much dog meat. I mean, he is to a degree already because there are a lot of people in Uvalde, parents of the kids who died and those parents of the community that didn't have kids who were hurt. This is just a mess. He's not exactly uh, a well-liked man. And if his behavior, because his behavior sounds frighteningly close to what happened in Parkland in 2018 here in Florida. I mean, a school resource officer who could have easily confronted the shooter didn't, waiting for backup. It's like, dude, do your freaking job. It's what you get paid for. You're supposed to do things like this. You know, I'm sorry, but I know enough people who are law enforcement, plenty who are retired, uh, some who are active duty law enforcement. You got a job to do. That's what you're supposed to do. Do it. And apparently, Arredondo, oh, he, let's put it this way. He, the man has got problems. He, he just has problems right now. And frankly, the other officers who were there, essentially being accessories to some of this foolishness, they need to also be investigated. Now, one, one officer, uh, one guy who is the, the, the husband of one of the teachers who tragically died, wanted to go in there the man was law enforcement. He had his gun. He got a call from his wife saying that she had been shot in the leg and she was dying. What the heck else was the guy supposed to do? That's a, that's a man's wife. And he had the ability to get in there and come alongside the other officers. But no, he was detained. He got his gun taken away from him. He was law enforcement. What the hell were Leo's doing? I'm sorry, I'm going to be very, very harsh on this because I have very, very conflicted emotions when it comes to law enforcement. I mean, especially, well, as a black man. I'm sorry, but this is just wrong on so many counts. And if that means that Police Chief Arredondo, as incident commander, really screwed the pooch so bad that he made a dog breeder cry and 19 kids are dead. 
along with two teachers. No, I, I have no sympathy because he has a job. He was entrusted with the care of the students, not so much the care of the officers. He got his complete uh, priorities mixed up, completely mixed up. Oh, and, it, and every time I think about it, it just, I, I get all tongue-tied and flummoxed because this really hurts. This makes me angry. And it's very difficult at times to keep a sense of objectivity because I'm trying to learn what really happened and good, bad, or indifferent, the entire truth must be told by, the, by Texas law enforcement because you cannot, under any circumstances, ever allow nonsense and tragedy of this magnitude to happen again. And I'm not talking about gun control. There are still questions about the kid, this demonized piece of filth. How did he get the guns? How did he get 2,000 rounds of ammo? Given the cost of ammo these days, how? he had to have some serious money to buy 2,000 rounds along with the really nice guns. How did he have the money? How? I mean, did he come from a wealthy family? Uh, nobody knows. I mean, did any, has anybody, I'm sure somebody has had to talk to the grandmother who the kid shot in the face. So th that one is, Uvalde is still going to have lingering questions for me for quite a while. And I'm just going to leave it at that for right now. Uh, let's see, some other things in the news that are rather interesting. Uh, right now, today, is the 50th anniversary of Title IX. Title IX was the federal legislation that gave women athletes equality in sports. And the timing is rather intriguing. 50 years since this came about to give equality for women in sports. And now you have transgender athletes biological men trying to play in women's sports messing so many things up and mo making a mockery of title nine and today in washington dc there are uh, a ra there's a rally for uh our bodies our sports a group of former and current female athletes biological women who are standing up against transgender athletes in women's sports. Because frankly, the feminists are really, have really messed this up. They've seriously dropped the ball on this. I mean, back in the 60s and the early 70s, they were screaming, absolutely screaming for equality. Now, Title IX came along. And yes, women in sports, had exactly had a great chance to do things within against their own peers now all of a sudden now you've got biological men 
identifying as women playing in sports. I mean, this reminds me in a kind of a weird way of a great movie, Victor Victoria. It was done by Blake Edwards and it starred his wife, Julie Andrews and James Garner. I don't know if anybody's seen the movie, but this sounds a lot like Victor Victoria, a woman pretending to be a man, pretending to be a woman. That was the premise of the movie. And I thought, oh man, that's just wild to me. Absolutely wild. <laughs> but hey, I mean, we're supposed to be all accepting of this gender ideology. And I say that's a crock of bull. Allowing transgender people, transgender biological men in women's sports is the biggest slap in the face to Title IX. It's a big slap in the face to feminism as a whole, who were screaming for equality 60, 50, 60 years ago. And now, now you got people saying, well, well, you're just a transphobe. And, and, and what's really driving me nuts about this, it's like, the left, the militant left, the LGBT, you better get in line with us left, are putting pressure on women, young women, who've worked hard. And now they're going against people who have an unfair advantage? No wonder they're mad. No, and, and I don't blame them. I mean, you've already got uh, a decision from an international swimming body that no, sorry, no transgender athletes can compete in women's sports. Now, and that's going to be pretty much going to be it for the next Summer Olympics or even the Winter Olympics. I don't know. But if these trans athletes want to compete, then go be a part of the gay games. The gay community has had the gay games for quite a while. And they can go and just say, hey, you know, you've got, you know, inc include a division for the transgender. Because otherwise, if you let them into regular sports and they're, I mean, you've got an unfair competitive advantage. Unfair. Sorry, not sorry. And to cheat these young women who have worked hard, trained hard, and then all of a sudden, oh, here comes transgender dude who thinks he's a woman. I mean, in spite of what they might have done with hormones and, and shots and whatever, reassignment surgery, doesn't matter. They still have the basic building blocks the musculature, the lung capacity, everything. And women are essentially told, you better just, you just better accept it. It's like, no, absolutely not, ladies. You tell them exactly what the deal is. If you're going to compete in a sport for women, you're going to go against other biological women. Otherwise, it's a farce. It is an absolute farce. And why should any biologically female athlete compete against 
a guy who thinks he's a woman. It doesn't not it doesn't make any sense. It never has and it never will. So yes, speak up, ladies. Speak up. Scream at the feminists who have let you down. They have seriously let you down. They have betrayed you. They have thrown you under the bus because somehow the feminists don't want to get the LGBT crowd mad for whatever reason. It's like, no, get, let them get mad. Let them scream. It's bad enough you got gender ideology in public schools. It's like, no, let, don't let it carry over into the athletic community. Don't do it. Stand up for your rights. Stand up for fairness. Real competition, not something that's just going to, you know, okay, you know, you got the guy who thinks he's a woman and it's like, boom, and all of a sudden they're getting all kinds of awards and just leaving the real women out there to like go, what? Are you kidding? That's not cool. But let's see what happens with this because frankly, it sucks. It totally sucks that they're doing this, but hey, this is the alternate universe of Joe Biden's America. Yay, happy. So have fun today, ladies, and make your voices heard. Absolutely make your voices heard today. But <laughs> to uh, kind of finish out for today, something a little bit on the funny side. At least it's funny to me. And I found this story in, in, on foxnews.com. Kamala Harris and DC fund, DNC fundraiser ticket prices slashed amid low approval ratings. Ha! I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> I mean, Kamala Harris, who was supposed to be the new queen of disinformation, cackling Kamala, Heels up Harris. <laughs> I'm like, this is fantastic for me to read because, and I focused this to somebody I used to know out on the West, when I lived out on the West Coast, who thought Kamala Harris was all that and a bag of chips. Thought, oh, she was just so, oh, she was just such a strong woman. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I don't know what drugs you're on, but dude, you're, you've missed it. You've just absolutely missed it. <laughs> it's just, it's a crack up. I mean, I'll just read a little bit of the story. The Democratic National Committee slashed their price for a photo with Vice President Kamala Harris at a women's forum amid the VP's cratering. <laughs> that's, that's the word that was used in the article. That's not mine. Cratering approval rating, not to mention her deranged, demented boss. Harris was slated to appear at the DNC Women's Leadership Forum this year as a headliner with a reported $15,000 price tag for a photo with the vice president. The event ended up not selling enough tickets and was postponed along with the five-figure price tag for donors to have their picture taken with a sitting public servant. Ah, it's a crack up. Now, just this one last <laughs> paragraph of the story. I mean, it cracks me up. 
However, those who want a picture with Harris and have $5,000 to burn amid soaring inflation and rising gas prices have another shot of getting their picture taken with Harris after the DNC reportedly slashed the price ahead of Harris's June fundraiser in her home state of California. <laughs> I'm s I love this because everybody who used to think that Kamala Harris was all that and a bag of chips. <laughs> no, not even close. It's just not even close. I mean, if, it, if the situation in our country with our economy, our border, our national security wasn't so serious, I probably would have been laughing out of my chair. But this is how some of these people actually think that she's all that and a bag of chips. So, uh, <laughs> so no, it's not, it's just not cool. And, but it is funny to me how people, you know, it's like, yes, now, of course, the, the price tag being slashed from 15 grand to five grand, oh, yes those rising gas prices and inflation that's been caused by Vladimir Putin. Oh, please spare me. But I, I just wanted to <laughs> just break that story out just for something that's a, a little bit to give me a little bit of a chuckle and maybe you too. But as I finish out today, I definitely want to say a huge happy blessed birthday to Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. He's 74 today, and the man is still as sharp today as he was when he came on the high court when he was 43 years old. And he still looks pretty darn good. I love Clarence Thomas. I saw the high-tech lynching, to borrow his words, that was done to him in the Senate Judiciary Committee during his confirmation, which Joe Biden was the chair of at the time, which was rather intriguing, or at least he sat on the committee. So yeah, Clarence Thomas, a great American, an outstanding American, one of the most brilliant jurists that I've seen. And the fact that he was unashamed and unapologetic that he held conservative views as a black American and he wore it proudly. He inspired me. He totally inspired me to do what I'm doing today. And there's a great book and a film actually that's out about his life. It's a book called Created Equal and, the, and there's a film that you can stream that's the same title. It's Clarence Thomas in his own words and his wife, Ginny. And I'm blown away because for 30 plus years, the progressive, mean, racist left has done nothing but attack him and attack him and attack him. Black folks are, the progressive blacks are even more brain dead because the it's you know the uncle tom i mean i've been called all that too clarence thomas was an oreo he didn't think and subscribe 
to black victimization theology, if you will. And he stood for conservative values. He stood for the Constitution and never forsook his oath to uphold the law, stand by the Constitution as it's written. And Clarence Thomas, and I hope he stays there for uh, on the high court for 43 years. He's already made it to 31, and he's still got plenty of life left in him. So, Justice Thomas, God bless you, sir. Have a fantastic birthday, and keep doing what you're doing, and regardless of what the media and mean racist leftists have to say. Now, with that in mind, thanks everybody for listening. I'm just going to call it a day today. Have yourself a terrific one. Uh, WTF Friday coming up tomorrow. And looking forward to that. And who knows, we if the high court decides on the Dobbs case uh, overturning Roe v. Wade, I will cut in on all my social media uh, to give you the breaking news. So for now, take care. God bless. And remember, Patriots come in all colors.